So meditation for me was like, Ooh, like, thank you for sitting down. The universe was like, thank you for doing this. I'm, I'm so ready to like, love you Mm. the way you should be loved, Mm. you know, like rather than me telling the universe, no, this is how you're going to love me. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is the first in-person interview that I have done in, oh my God, like almost a year and a half, probably longer than that. I'm so excited. I'm sitting here with my girlfriend, Lexi Rodriguez. She has become such a dear friend of mine over this past year. And um, I'm really excited because she is actually going to be co-facilitating the Academy of Breath with me this upcoming round. So I said, get your booty over here. She literally lives like right down the street. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) And let's have a conversation for everybody to just be a fly on the wall and hear us kind of riff on a couple different topics. So thank you for coming over. Of course. So easy. It takes me like five minutes to get over here. And it's actually my, it's the first podcast I've done since I moved to California in person. Cause all of my, the stuff I would do and the recordings I would do with um, clients or with guests was through zoom. So this is rad. I already feel the energy kind of lifted. Yeah. I forgot that you had a podcast years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a podcast when I worked in radio. So we were actually in a studio and this was when, this was back in the day when it was like blog spot. Remember? So it was when people, you know, they were entrepreneurs and they wanted to promote their products and to talk about it for the world to, you know, hear about their product was to pay a thousand dollars a month to be on Blogspot. And so I worked for a company that was kind of competing with them and um, I would produce shows for the most random entrepreneurs. So that was kind of my first taste of entrepreneurship. That's so interesting. So, I mean, I understand now why you have like the most beautiful radio voice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I know everyone's like, whoa, you're so natural. And I'm like, I was in radio for six years. Yeah. How was that experience? Was it like otherworldly compared to what you do now? It, you know, it's so cool that it, it kind of leaks into what I do now because it's a lot of human behavior and a lot of, yeah. ob, you know, observation. And I've always been such an observant person. So when I was an intern in radio, I knew exactly what I had to do to get to where I wanted to be just from observation. Yeah. Right. So fast forward to now when I'm working with my clients, I can see exactly what they need to do or not do to get to where they want to be. Mm. Um, so I love radio so much and I love that nowadays entrepreneurship is really this kind of 
life of entertainment and production if you yeah. want to make it that way, right? Yeah. With Instagram and with videos and TikTok and reels and editing, it's really an entertainment aspect, I think, of business. So I, I you know, and we'll get into it probably, but I kind of loved stepping out of the stoplight, spotlight, stoplight <laughs> and moving into more of like the coach seat rather than the the entertainer. Um, but now I'm learning how to kind of get back into the spotlight and Mm. use all of that knowledge to promote my business. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because it really does, you know, especially for those of us that are in the like online space, it really does require a willingness to like show up and be seen. And that's like so much of the work that I've had to do Mm. with like my mentors and on my own is like getting over that fear of being seen. And it shows up in like such insidious ways too, like that you wouldn't necessarily even think about. Like when I, if I were to like reflect back on my life at the surface level, I would say, oh my God, like I have never been scared of like being seen or the center of attention. Like I remember, um, when I was like 20 years old, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast before, but I went and auditioned for, did you ever go to Voyeur in downtown San Diego? Were you in San Diego yet at that point? Uh, I wasn't. Okay. So it was, there's this awful, like Marie Antoinette threw up on this new nightclub that took its place. I don't even know if it's probably, it's probably not there anymore, but it's off of like fifth or sixth Avenue. And Voyeur was the spot before it turned into this awful nightclub. It's called cake nightclub. That's the new one. It's terrible. (laughs) Um, And Voyeur was like the place to be. They had this like huge LED wall. All of the cool DJs would come. Um, My fake ID got me in there with all of my friends. (laughs) And I remember following them on Instagram and they had a um, posting for like a Voyeur doll, which was like their dancers that would like dance in these LED boxes on the stage. And I was like, oh my God, that looks like so much fun. I wasn't even 21 yet. And I go and I audition. I'm not a dancer, you guys. (laughs) It was so bad almost <laughs> fell out of the box oh my but I went and did yeah. it you know and I was yeah. like that like those are the things that like I'm not scared to do that shit yeah. like I'm yeah. not scared to put myself out there and so if I were to reflect back on my life I'd say like I don't have a fear of being seen but in reality like one of this one of the things that I'm constantly working on is not just like being the center of attention or like showing up and like being like putting myself out there, but it's like putting my authentic self out there and like the like true embodied essence of who I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that that is like the piece that so many of us have to work on is like how to bring that part of ourselves forward. Um, so that the, entertaining piece of entrepreneurship or putting yourself out there isn't just like, oh, I'm doing this because other people are doing this or other people have succeeded in this way or, you know, it's easy to create Mm -hmm. a reel, but like to go to the essence of like who you are and your heart and why you're doing it, like that's a whole lot more vulnerable and a whole lot more scary to do. I think that you said that perfectly because it's scarier. It's harder, right? It's more challenging to show up and be yourself. And I think it's, it's, we see a lot and it's easier to, to be like, okay, well, I've, you know, I heard this in a post or I read this in a book quickly. Let me just say it in my way, in some, in some way. 
and see what happens, see where it lands, see who bites. But I think the scary part is being yourself, especially, you know, in a stream that's flowing upward and you don't want to fucking go that way. Mm. Right. Because as an entrepreneur, right, you're, you're, you want something to stick and you're seeing what sticks for other people. But if you don't truly feel everything behind what you're saying to someone, it's not going to stick. So if, if you totally feel against something, you know, it's just so hard to put that out there because you're like, no one's going to fucking buy this. This isn't what's popular. This isn't what is popping right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the scary part. I mean, I think that's something I learned early on was like, am I being too against, against the flow, you know, Mm -hmm. against the flow of what everyone's doing. I'm like, am I doing that? I had to really ask myself, like, am I doing that on purpose? Because for my whole life, I've heard like, you're opinionated. You always have something to say, right? You, you know, you never agree with what I say, or you never agree with the room. So I think there was a point where subconsciously I started to agree with the room. Mm, and then yeah. I had to be like, hold up. I don't feel this. Yeah. Like, and it worked for a little bit. Right. So I think that's the problem as well is when you start to agree with the room, it does work for a little bit. You're going to get the, Oh yeah, cool. Come sit with us. Come be on my podcast. Come do this and that. Right. But eventually it's going to fall. Right. And you're going to, you're not going to connect with the people you want to connect with. You're not going to be able to serve the people you want to serve because you're not being yourself. Yeah. Um, so in, in, you know, in a long way to put that also, I auditioned to be a dancer and I think I got the job and then quit after the first like <laughs> two hours because I was like, this is <laughs> so horrific. I'm sorry I'm doing this to all of you, but, um, you know, it's, it's about really stepping into the light, but make sure it's the light you want to be under. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally agree with that. I was having a conversation with a friend earlier today, actually about like the difference between performing and like embodying Mm. and how, you know, obviously it takes us time to peel back the layers. And I'm sure we'll talk about this today of like that process of peeling it back, but peeling back the layers of like, what is actually you and what is just like something that has kind of been like thrown upon you Mm -hmm. because of society or your parents or your friends or Mm. what you see online from people that you look up to. Um, But when we show up to perform for others, like putting on this like show and tell Mm -hmm. to be liked or to be loved or to be approved of or to have someone buy something from you or whatever it might be, there's always going to be um, a point of exhaustion, a point of, like you said, like things needing to fall away because it's not actually you. Whereas when you're able to really peel back the layers and understand what is you and like what your power is and embody that, there's no need to, or no, like the, the energy and the, the path is unbounded and never ending because it's like pure source energy. And you get excited and you get energy from it, right? Energy, energy will tell you everything, right? Energy is information, how you feel, how someone makes you feel, how, how a task makes you feel, how walking into this one restaurant makes you feel right. Whatever it is, energy will tell you everything. So if you're, if you're teaching a workshop and then afterwards you're fucking stoked, right? That's how I know I'm like, all right, I'm going to teach on this for a little bit because I'm stoked afterwards. I just like want to talk about it. And I want to, you know, I want to feel and be in that energy that I was in for that 
60 minute workshop because it was me. It made me feel so good, like better Mm -hmm. than, better than, you know, I've felt in a long time. But then I have taught workshops or I have talked, you know, spoken on a topic where I was like, you know, itchy the whole time or something, some sensation in my body was telling me like, this isn't, this isn't it. Um, or afterwards I was drained or I kept, you know, those moments where you keep thinking about it for like a couple hours or even a day. And you're like, why did I say that one thing? You know, it's like, that's my, that's my conscious mind telling me like, Hey, you know, this stressed you out. Yeah. (laughs) This wasn't fun. And, and it's, you know, it's life and entrepreneurship and, being a coach, being a leader, being a human should not be stressful. There will, there will be moments you have to work through, yeah. but it, sh- it shouldn't be stressful. We have so much stress that we are, you know, dealing with from our past. It's like what I'm doing in the moment should not be stressful. I'm, I'm healing stress mm-hmm. from the past 32 yeah. years. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. Something someone said that I appreciated was like, cause I think that we throw around a lot and I'm guilty of this of like, it gets to be easy. And yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, it, I think what it is is like, not everything is going to be easy, but we can really evaluate how we approach things and do so from a place of ease Yeah, and recognize when there's a like, forceful energy coming from us directed towards the thing that we're doing or the person that we're around or the direction that we're going. And within our own awareness of how we are approaching it, how it's making us feel like everything that you just mentioned, be able to recognize like, Ooh, this, like, this isn't what alignment feels like. And you know, like even this morning, I, was literally brought to my knees in reverence, like, and in tears for, what is about to go down Mm. inside of the Academy of Breath. And it was like in that moment that I was just like, oh, right. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm supposed to feel about every single creation that is coming out of me. And if I don't feel this way, then either there's something to fine tune there so that I get to here Mm -hmm. or it's not ready yeah, or it's not meant to be. Well, as humans, I think we battle our own self. Like you felt that, right? But I mean, I guarantee because you're human, maybe this won't happen, but maybe in a year you'll have a moment where you're like, you know, going forward on something that doesn't feel in alignment just because your human mind is, is getting in the way and you're, you're doing it anyways. And you'll snap back into it. Dude, I right? do that like fucking well, every right. single That's month. what I'm saying. <laughs> like I I'll be like, we're talking now and I'm like, I'll teach a workshop and this is beautiful and I love it. And I'm going to teach on this. This is it. This is my niche. I finally fucking found it. Right. And then all of a sudden I get it some type of download And I move forward with it and I forget about the thing that really made me so, so excited. And I move forward because that monkey brain is like, oh, new energy. Let's see what, you know, what we can get out of this. Um, So it's a constant battle, right? So for everyone listening, like, yeah, you're going to have these moments where things feel fucking amazing and, and, and bottle that energy up, put it somewhere for later because you're going to need it, but it's okay to explore and feel hardship. It's okay to explore Mm. and feel like, Oh, what, you know, failure and that's fine. And I think 
failure means that you're trusting yourself enough mm. to take a step in a direction that you don't really know what's going to what's going to come out of it and mm. that's okay. We can stay here. You can stay here for the rest of your career, Ava, right? But you you can't cuz you're not that type of person, yeah. right? And be comfortable. I could too, right? But and I could teach what I know how to teach but I'm not expanding. I'm not expanding my clients because I'll be working with the same type of person and then they'll graduate from me. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the scary part is taking a step into an unknown field that you've never been in and then bringing that into your energy, the way you want to teach it. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if it's a new energy, I think sometimes coaches are afraid to try new things. Um, because they haven't mastered the one thing that they're teaching yet. Yeah. And they're never, you're never going to master and, that. And just people overall. Yeah, people. You know? Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And um, the way that my therapist put it, which is really interesting, is like, and I've had this conversation like three times today, which is pretty mm, fun. That's it. Um, so obviously it's something that everyone, like, turn your volume up. Um, we live in this, you know, this world of polarity, right? And on one side of the pole, like one pole is comfort, security, like our root chakra Mm -hmm. and our humanness. And on the other side is like the crown, the soul, the expansion, the how far can I fucking take this? Mm -hmm. How, like, how big can this get? How expansive can this life be? How much magic can I taste? And we're constantly playing with that duality of, Ooh, it feels nice to be in this place of comfort where I know, like, as an example for me at like the beginning of the year, I was, I received a message loud and fucking clear, go all in on the Academy of Breath, like go all in, you will be so supported. And yet at the same time I was like, oh, but it's so easy for me to do the business coaching. It's so easy. And I have so many ideas and I don't want to give it up. And while I'm not ruling out that I won't go back to creating programs around business. Mm. I didn't listen at that moment. And I feel like these past six months have been discipline in me coming back to that message over and over and over again to the point where now I am like, all right, I'm listening. I'm listening because listening to that message at that point in time was trusting in my soul's expansion, Mm -hmm. trusting that there was like going to be a net to catch me if I decided to like fully commit myself and devote myself to this container and this program that Mm -hmm. I've created. Um, And the comfort was in the known of like business coaching, right? It was working. I was making good money from it. I had people lining up to work with me. Totally. And What's so interesting though, is that it slowly like stopped working. Mm -hmm. It slowly became harder and harder and harder. And I think that that is such a sign for like everyone to know that like there are going to be points in your life where things work really, really, really well, but those are not the things that are going to get you to the next level. And when those things stop working well, when it starts feeling again, like that, like forcing energy when it feels like it used to be easier and why isn't this working anymore and blah, 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 blah. That's a sign that you are being called to expand in a different direction. And for me, it's like in those moments of, okay, this isn't working anymore. That's when I get still, that's when I've had to really, really lean on my meditation and breathwork practice to Mm -hmm. be able to like dig out 
the, the, the weeds and like pull out the weeds of all of the like, kind of like the pieces that have covered on top of my own knowing. I, I love the way that you said that. And I love that you said that. So it's so beautiful to hear that, like, you know, you can be really successful and, and that, the thing that you're teaching isn't necessarily what like your body and your energy wants to teach because mm-hmm. it feels heavy. And I think every time you turn your head to your intuition or, you know, you don't listen or you go another way because I mean, I do it again every day. Um, I try not to. <laughs> every we're doing our best do, here. <laughs> <laughs> fucking we're, we're Scorpios. Um, every time you do that though, you're right. It's like, I always tell my clients, it's like you have that one friend that is giving you advice right on, on this like shady guy that you're dating, for example, and you're not listening and you're not listening and you're not listening. And then she just stops caring about you in this fucked up relationship. Mm -hmm. And then you finally realize you're in this messed up relationship and you're like, why didn't you say anything? And she's like, yo, you needed to figure that out for yourself. You needed to get to a certain point. Yeah. Um, Same thing. If you don't listen to your intuition, you know, eventually it's just going to get quieter you're going to learn from it. Mm -hmm. You're going to figure out which road to take. You know, it's, I always tell my clients, if this intuition thing is like, you're going to listen to it eventually. It's not going to ever be like pushed under the rug for the rest of your life. So make a decision, feel into your body the whole time you're doing said decision, right? Whatever that is, feel into your body. It's all about observing sensations and opening your eyes to messages you know, that come in from your intuition in, in different ways rather than just like a downloader in your me- meditation. It, it starts with your meditation, but I think a message can be you spilling the soda water earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a message in that somewhere. And if we're aware enough to dive into that a little bit more, we'll know like, oh shit, maybe that decision I made last Thursday wasn't it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of tapping into your awareness. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, I know that for me, and I am going to assume, I'm going to speak for both of us, <laughs> that it has really like meditation has been the space to be able to cultivate that awareness mm-hmm. because before then, at least for me, I was like all over the place, you know, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't untangle my energy from other people's mm-hmm. energy. I couldn't yep. untangle what was mine from what was another. I couldn't untangle my emotions from the people around me. It just felt so, um, so entangled. Like there was this entanglement happening Mm -hmm. and also like a, like really like deep fragmentation of who I was like, like basically like I had built this puzzle and then just like threw the puzzle down and all of the pieces kind of scattered. That's like how I felt prior to meditation and breath work. Yeah. Same. Oh my gosh. I mean, prior to meditation and breath work for me was a lot of just go, 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 no presence, always, you know, doing one thing to get to the other, like this lily pad, that the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and never really being present and checking with my body and what I really wanted. Right. Because The thing is, too, is when you have a go, 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 really strong personality, you're going to get what you want, you know, like a lot of times 
most of the time I got what I wanted. Most of the time I saw a job and I got it. Most of the time, you know, I auditioned for whatever and I got it because that's how strong my mind was. Mm -hmm. But then it got to the point that my body wasn't on the same page as my mind or Mm -hmm. my spirit, right? And then that's when the unalignment and the unhappiness comes in and the the messages, the whatever, the, the messages that are like running out of gas or breaking your favorite boss or whatever it is, those like gnarly things start to happen. You're like, what the fuck? I thought I was successful. I thought I was mm-hmm, happy. Mm-hmm. I thought I was in a good relationship, you know, but it wasn't like who I was. Yeah. It was who I created in my mind mm-hmm. from the past programs of my life. So meditation for me was like, Ooh, like, thank you for sitting down. The universe was like, thank you for doing this. I'm, I'm so ready to like, love you Mm. the way you should be loved, Mm. you know, like rather than me telling the universe, no, this is how you're going to love me yeah, because this is what I want. Because it was probably the, you know, the opposite of how I was loved growing up, you know, whether, it, it messed with me or not. A lot of us, a lot of people want the opposite because it was probably mostly fucked up. Right. Or there was a moment in life where you're like, Ooh, I don't ever want to feel that again. So I'm going to break every guy's heart before they break mine. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you're in meditation, you're healing. So when you're sitting in meditation and you're breathing through emotions and you're breathing through past traumas, you're, instead of defending yourself all the time, you're healing. So when you come out of that moment of meditation and breath, or you come out of those, those healing sessions with yourself, then you don't need to play defense. Mm. And man, if that describes me to a T before meditation, it was just like very defensive, very defensive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I mean, for everyone listening, Lexi and I are like basically the same person. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because we talk about, we have these, these funny stories. We'll be like, okay, well this was a story from old Lexi. I want to tell you about it. And she'll tell a story. And I'm like, I think old Lexi or young Lexi, older Lexi and, and young Ava were best friends when they were 14. Yeah. And you guys were really fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were not good. They would have gotten in a lot of trouble together. Wouldn't have let me hang out with you, (laughs) but I would have done it anyway. That's so funny. That is so funny. Um, no, but I like completely agree. It's, it's so interesting that you brought up the point of like, because you were a go-getter, like you were able to get yeah. Like you got everything because yeah. it was the same for me as well too. It's like, I kind of have always gotten everything and it really wasn't until I, I mean, that's speaking from like my adult life, not like my childhood. Totally. Um, totally. I've been, you know, I've applied for the jobs. I've lied on the, the resumes. I've like worked myself my way up in companies. Like I've gone for things and I've gotten them besides that one stint at Voyeur in the dance club, but <laughs> and nightclub, but you know, whatever wasn't meant to be. Um, but it's interesting because it really wasn't until like entrepreneurship that yeah. I didn't get everything <laughs> and that I started failing and failing really fast, which yep. was, I think is such a gift because it allows us to grow really fast too. Um, 
But I think that sometimes like type A, really like aggressive, successful go-getters, like high achievers will often say things like, I don't need meditation. Like, why do I need these tools when I'm already good? Like I already have blah, 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 blah. I don't need, Mm -hmm. I don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those people. Like I remember saying like, I don't really think I'm a person that needs meditation. And I mean, what like a sack of shit that was because ultimately meditation, like you said, I think like how you reflected it is so perfect. It's like you, what is the life that you've actually created? Is it actually something that you want or is it something that's been constructed based off of your child? Has it something that's been constructed based off of what you see other people having? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other day I finally got baby fever for the first time and it was like, I had to like check in with myself and I was like, yeah. oh no, it's just because like one of my mentors just had her baby totally. and she's sharing photos of it. I don't like actually want a baby right that's now. That's such a good awareness, you know, because that's why mindfulness and specifically meditation is so powerful and why I love the work that I do with my clients because it allows you to consciously create your life without it. Like, and I will say that without it, it's so easy for other things to leak into your energy, mm-hmm. your daily energy. And, and then before you know it, oh my God, hold on. I'm watching sex life on Netflix right now. Before you know it, you're her who has this beautiful life, but she, she hates it. Yeah. Um, because at some point, you know, she made a decision, made a left turn when she should have made a right because she wasn't living consciously. And I had a thought today. It was like, manifestation is easy manifesting exactly what you want is difficult. That is it. Like, I feel like there are so many things I manifested and not that I wanted, like that I probably Mm -hmm. wanted for like a week and then I got it and I was just like, oh shit, like I I don't want this, you know? And that's how powerful the mind is. But when it's not connected to your full being, you know, it's not going to stick again and it's not going to be as fulfilling as that manifestation that you got, you know, you were specific about. You really did the work around to get rather than mm-hmm. just thinking it and then all of a sudden you got it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I was, there, there's a reel going around right now um, that has like a Wayne Dyer quote, Dyer, Dwyer? Dyer. 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 Wayne Dyer. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> um, and basically he says something like manifesting is not you just like asking for what it is that you want. It's you, it's like manifestation is just like attracting things that are like, I don't, I'm totally butchering this right now, (laughs) but attracting things to your frequency, like manifestation is your frequency and that which you attract to your frequency. And so when we aren't doing that like deeper work, when we're not clearing out the cobwebs of like the stories that we tell ourselves when, when we're not like fully embodying, you know, the person that we desire to become when we're not aligning our actions and being in integrity with the values that we are setting and saying out loud or to ourselves, then of course we're not going to be able to manifest yeah. the things that we want because we're not actually like attuning ourselves to the frequency of the person that 
can hold those things. Yeah. It's like something isn't lining up. Yeah. You know, you'll like get the manifestation. You're like, Ooh, something isn't lining up. Yeah. You know, I've been manifesting a creative space in La Jolla or somewhere close to my space now. And just a quick story on manifestation. You know, this is a, this is something I've been, this is a big one, right? This isn't, this isn't just like a three month manifestation. This is something that, you know, maybe in the next year and hopefully in the next year and a half will be real. Um, I've been getting getting offers from different studio owners around town to come look at their studios and get I can do Reiki there and there's all these you know swap in collaboration and there was one there they, you know they were just not there there was one that was almost right but it just didn't feel right you know and my human mind comes in and is like but but you won't have to pay rent because you're going to be trading services and da, 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 and you'll have your own room and office and da, da, da. But it just wasn't it. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not, I'm not giving into that yet yeah. because if I do that, it's going to throw my whole frequency off. Mm-hmm. And then the manifestations that are close to coming through my other ones, right. That I'm really focused on are going to go somewhere else, or they're just going to take a seat until, until the real Lexi stands up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. you got to say no, um, when it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And again, back to meditation, it's meditation and breath work has really allowed me to feel what is mine and to feel my sensations, right? My, the way my body talks to me. Mm. Um, and that has been so helpful. Yeah. I keep like reflecting back on, um, the story in the Bible of Jonah and the whale. And, um, I recently watched a sermon on, that was all about this, the story of Jonah and the whale. And for those that, um, don't know, Basically, God told Jonah to go to this city of people that were like awful, awful people. They were like worshiping other gods and um, doing terrible things within the city and um, said, Jonah, like, this is this is where you're going. And Jonah was like, nope, peace. And like got on this boat to go like in the opposite direction, um, even though the assignment that God gave him was to go to this place. And um, once he got on the boat, the, there was these like crazy storms and then all of the people on the boat were like, who created these storms? And then Jonah like decided to jump off the boat to like help, you know, to spare the people from them also suffering mm-hmm. from his um, inability to listen to yeah. the direction that God was telling him to go. And then he gets swallowed by a whale and he's inside the whale. Um, I think he's inside the whale for three days. I feel like in the Bible, things happen in threes. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very new to studying like the Bible. I love so, it. I love it. Um, but inside the the belly of the whale is when he like says this like beautiful prayer to God and re like realigns himself with God. And then I think he gets like spit out of spit out of the whale and finally ends up going to the, the place. And so, you know, I keep coming back to that story because, um, Throughout the story of Jonah, like Jonah, Jonah's book in the Bible, he was given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity mm-hmm. to go back to the original assignment that God gave him. And so I think that it's a really beautiful reminder for all of us that like, and, and this is something that I think about with like my story that I just shared of like knowing what my assignment was at the beginning yeah. of this year, but ignoring it, um, that even when you do ignore or make a wrong turn, you will constantly be given opportunity after opportunity to get back into alignment. Mm -hmm. And what is so important is that we have, we create enough space to recognize when we are out of alignment 
and we create enough space to hear what the actual assignment is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that I'm going to sound like a broken record, but like that's where a, a practice of stillness, a practice of, you know, being able to breathe into your body mindfully and create that space to connect to the divine, whether you believe in, in a Christian God or a Jewish God or an, uh, a Muslim God or, um, you know, a Hindu God or whatever God or multiple gods, like yeah. it doesn't matter what you believe in. You can believe in like penguins being a higher power. Mm -hmm. Um, but whatever, whatever it is that you believe in, know that there, at least what I believe is that these tools of are tools of connection, connection to our purpose, connection to alignment, collect, connection to direction and guidance. Yeah. And without these practices, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be breathwork and meditation. I'm just saying for anyone, it's like without practices of stillness and connection, I really believe that we're always going to feel lost and yeah. we're always going to be just like letting other people's energy in and not fully feeling like we are here with purpose and here for a reason. Right. No, that's so beautiful. One of the first things I make sure my clients know, and I just kind of try to hype them up around it, is with meditation, right? They're, they're usually, my clients start their meditation practice. We start slow and I'm there to guide them, right? So they feel very safe. And they're like, hell yeah, this is awesome. I got energy. This is great. I got a date tomorrow, whatever it is. They just feel good. And I make sure that they know, even when you're feeling good, you're making the money, you've met the, the partner of your dreams, stick to your practice, mm -hmm. right? Because we're building on top of that delightful energy. We're building on top of it. There will be a time that something comes up and you don't want to deal with it because you're yeah. like, oh wait, meditation has been so dope. It's been so lovely and yeah. light and God and whatever. But it's also going to pull out stuff that needs to come out, mm -hmm. right? So I always tell them what we're doing now is we're building this beautiful coat of armor so that when triggering things happen, which they will in life, you're like, oh, okay, I can handle this. I'm strong as hell. Yeah. You know, I'm mentally strong. I'm physically strong because with meditation and, and with breath work, and when you have these consistent practices, your, your body's going to react in a, in a way that is, um, is going to benefit you right mm -hmm. internally. And we're building that armor so that when something gnarly happens in life, right? When there's a global pandemic, yeah. right? The meditators before the pandemic were just like, all right, cool. We're fine. We're yeah, fine. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but when something happens, you're going to, you're going to be less reactive and yeah. you're not going to lose your mind. Yeah, totally. I was having a conversation actually with somebody, um, earlier today who was interested in the Academy of Breath and she was asking me about like what types of techniques are involved. Um, cause I think a lot of people, when they think breath work, they initially, and like just instantly go to like holotropic breathing yeah. and transformational breath, which is the two part breath, which is like into the belly, into the chest, exhale all in and out of the mouth. And don't get me wrong. I love that style of breath work. I think that it's beautiful. It's powerful. Um, it can bring up a lot, but it isn't the type of breathwork practice that you do every single day. It's mm -hmm. not the type of breathwork practice that actually changes your nervous system because you are doing it usually in um, isolated experiences. You're not doing it consistently. And part of changing the plasticity of your brain is a consistent habitual practice. And so 
what I was explaining to her is like your nervous system actually wants you to do these gentler practices, these yogic breathing techniques, because that's how we actually allow the nervous system to slowly transition into mm -hmm. a new being versus giving it these like, you know, the, what the, the, the image that just came up is like the difference between like a mister at like a pool and like, yeah. just like dousing somebody totally. in water, totally. you know? It's yeah. like, oh, the mister feels really good. I like this. This is comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I can like be here versus like somebody coming up with like an ice bucket and throwing water on totally. you. You're like, whoa, yeah. that was kind of refreshing for like a half second. But now I'm annoyed. I'm pissed off. I'm contracted again. And like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you're regulating, when your nervous system is regulating, it doesn't matter what, like, I think sometimes people go to the more extreme modalities because they're like, I need an exorcism yeah, or whatever. Like literally. I've been through some shit. Yeah. Right. And, um, I love that you brought that up because really your nervous system doesn't need to have this gnarly experience to heal. Yeah. It all, it could take right now putting my hand on my heart and, and my heart, my body, my skin feeling my hands and then my hands feeling my heartbeat, right? And then that signal to my mind that I've got me and I'm mm -hmm. safe, right? And that's regulating. That's just as regulating as an hour long transformational session. And, and don't get me wrong, those are great sessions too, but you're so right when it comes to this, is, this, is what, this is what you're gonna do every day. Yeah. This is what you're going to you know, get created with, cre creative with in your own practice. Like someday you might do this, this feminine activating practice. And someday you might do this masculine or someday you might put your hands on your heart and just breathe. But all it takes is a little regulation, like even a yawn, mm -hmm. you know, really to move energy, to get you in a state where you can either hold more emotion or integrate whatever you're learning. Yeah. Um, so that's such a great point because I mean, when you were talking about that, it makes me feel like when I've done breathwork sessions or when I've done, and even in yoga, sometimes I feel like the person next to you is like having this gnarly transformational experience. And I'm like, why am I not crying? Yeah. Or why am I yeah. not doing this? But it just depends on your makeup. So what I really loved about the Academy of Breath when I was in it was that I felt so you know, in my own body, the way my body wanted to be. Mm. I didn't have to look and compare myself. I didn't have to dive into a deep healing of shit that I didn't want to heal or I would have gone to a therapist, right? Yeah. It came up naturally for me and my body felt taken care of in a way that, that wasn't like coming from a place of like whiplash. Mm, yes. You know? Yes, yes, yes. It's like the difference between being pushed off of a cliff yeah, and being totally. like, no, I'll jump. Yeah. I'll jump on my own. I'll jump when I'm ready to jump. Totally. And that's fine. Yeah. Right. And I will be that friend that is like fucking jump, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I'll make sure I feel the energy. Yeah. Um, but you're right. When it comes to this, you know, I, that's why I think it's good to have a guide and it's good, good to learn the proper way to, to teach breath work and this yeah. type of breath work because your clients, and if you, you know, if you just do this to make this your own practice on your own, you're still going to feel safe. Yeah. But as a teacher that when I learned the modalities from Academy of Breath, 
I was able to hold so much space for my clients while they went through their experience mm-hmm. because these practices were so much more regulating than um, stimulating, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think also like having an understanding, like a deep understanding of like what they're experiencing so that you feel like you can hold that space for them. Like that was one of the biggest things for me that, um, I felt was missing from one of the teacher trainings that I did prior to creating the Academy of Breath. Um, I really wanted to know like from, um, a cognitive standpoint, like what is, what is going on inside of the body so that when somebody tells me, Hey, I have this cramp in my side or my hands are tingling Mm -hmm. or, Oh my gosh, I felt like I was about to pass out. Not that that happens every time, Mm -hmm. everyone. (laughs) Um, but that I'd be able to say like, Hey, you know, this is what's happening in your body. There's nothing to be afraid of versus just like, Oh, well, you know, you're moving energy and your crown chakra is really open. It's like, Totally. Cool. And like, <laughs> let's let people in their human bodies feel safe so that yeah. they trust you exactly. in going deeper. Exactly. Because if they don't trust you, they're going to totally contract right back up and not be open to the practice. Yeah. And I've seen that so many fucking times mm-hmm. in like, again, I've never had a bad experience with the transformational breath. So I don't want to like poo poo on it, on it too much, but I've seen and heard talk to so many people because obviously I'm the breathwork queen. Um, so many people come to me and say like, I had this traumatic fucking experience. Is this normal? I never want to do breathwork again. And I'm like, no, mm. that like it one, it's not normal for someone to not hold space for you totally. and to tell you to stop crying or to stop screaming Two, Yeah. It is really normal for you to have that emotional experience. Mm. What's not okay is that you weren't surrounded by somebody that could make you feel safe in that right. space. And I feel like it's just like, it gets me like really fired up, I guess, because I think that, like you said, it's like people want to go like to the, like the hard and fast really quick and the transformational breath. And I'm just like, yeah, Yeah. it's great. And like, what's actually going to be sustainable and what's actually going to make a big difference in your life and not just be like some fun workshop that you do on a Thursday night, every, every month with your friends. Totally. No, I love everything you said. And back to the nervous system as a, you know, facilitator, I want to make sure that my client is in a really, you know, in a really calm state before we start breath work. Even if it's equal ratio breathing, we chill for a sec, Mm -hmm. right? We check in with how they're feeling. We do a short meditation and then we go into the breathing because, you know, if you've been breathing up here in your chest for for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like having you put your hands on your belly and really feel your belly expand, you know, an uneasy feeling can come up. Right. Mm -hmm. But without the settling of the nervous system before, when you have a bad experience, your body's going to react in the same way it did when that bad experience was going down. So Mm -hmm. that's what we have to remember. And I think that's what people have to remember is your body is so, so smart and so wise. It remembers the moments that fucked you up. Yeah. Remembers the moments like that person that had that experience with breathwork. She's going to remember that forever, not only in her mind, but maybe when she goes to do breathwork again, her body will contract. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We just have to remember that stuff as facilitators. Yeah. I mean, I, um, 
every time I go to acupuncture, I remember there was this one time where they stuck a needle in my like Achilles heel and there was, I, I don't know what, what there was. There was a lot of energy there. It felt uncomfortable. And even talking about it right now, somatically, I can mm. feel that. And mm. so every single, I can't go to acupuncture anymore because I am like literally so, um, like I get like, like right now I'm like kind of like curling up in a ball for everyone that's listening because I hated that sensation. So freaking it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, yeah, there, there's that book, the body keeps score. And I think that when we don't recognize that your body, like is what is storing all of the, um, chemical reactions and mm-hmm. memories mm-hmm. of the data that you have received and like the input that you've gotten from your life experiences. Um, it just creates this unconscious pattern yeah. in our life and also an inability to move past the patterns. Yeah. Crazy. It's like, you know, just that saying, like you're, you burn yourself and then kind of you go back for more, you want to try it again. But then if mm-hmm. you get burned again in something that's supposed to be healing you, um, you're never going to go back and be able to experience this expansive healing modality that is breathwork and meditation. I think sometimes sitting in silence can also feel a little heavy for some people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's why I loved incorporating the two. Yeah breath work and meditation, because when I didn't want to sit still or when my body didn't want to sit still, I could do Bastrika with my hands Mm -hmm. or, you know, and what's cool about the Academy of Breath also is that I've been able to be so creative with what I do with my clients yeah. because it is a safe, you know, it's a safe practice. And I've been able to move a lot of energy with my clients by being able to add my own flair, um, just from observing what they might need. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another just really cool thing is like instructors come from all over, right. Yeah. Or teachers or leaders, they come from all over with their own experiences and their own expertise. Mm-hmm. This is just the best baseline type thing to have in your box, yeah. right. In your toolbox. Yeah, totally. And I, one of the things that was really cool, um, in a conversation I was having with a past, um, graduate was that they really felt like when they went through the program, they were able to take all of the different pieces and create something that was uniquely their own out of it. Mm -hmm. Because for me, like I just have always been so turned off to the like cookie cutter. Here's a script that is going to tell you exactly how to teach this breathwork practice, like in the same exact way that I would, you know, we do provide scripts to Mm -hmm. help people because in the beginning it is helpful to know how to cue, but at the same time, I'm also like, there's master classes all around how to really get clear on your voice, your teaching style so that, yeah, you do have these scripts to remind you of how to teach the technique, but you are also encouraged from the very beginning to really incorporate and integrate the practices so that you are able to not regurgitate them mm-hmm. sounding like me or sounding like you, yeah. but sounding like yourself. Yeah. And being authentic yeah. because that's how we really develop a confidence in our teaching and mm-hmm. really develop an, an understanding of how the practices work as well too. Yeah. I mean, and how you impact so many people is offering and delivering and serving it up as you, because just like anything, right. 
I could, I could hire a coach that teaches energy or that teaches, um, breath work, let's just say, right. And she's going to probably give me a lot of the same, he or she is probably going to give me a lot of the same technique that you do, but I was drawn to your energy, right. Mm -hmm. And people are drawn to your energy. People that join my programs can probably get a lot of the same medicine, but they won't get my energy. Yeah. So when you learn these modalities, but you also kind of with the master classes, and I'm really excited to be involved this round because I feel like a lot of my um, work is around pulling out authenticity in people. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to work with the coaches and, and the leaders that are joining this round to just really pull out their authentic code when it mm-hmm. comes to what they, how they want to make this theirs. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's so important because you don't get asked that you take a yoga teacher training. I'm, I'm thinking a lot back to fitness right now because I was in the fitness industry yeah. for so long and my biggest you know, pet peeve was just not feeling you'll be in a class like dying on a machine. Right. And you're just not feeling the instructor's energy right? And I'm holding a plank and it's been three fucking minutes and they're just like 10, nine, eight. And I'm yeah. like, bitch, what is happening? Yeah, like, yeah. You don't want to go energy, back to those classes. Right? Same with healing. And I've been able to bring a lot of my fitness knowledge into the healing space, which has been so cool and so me and something I never thought I would do. Something yeah. that I was very apprehensive to bring in because I was like, you know what? No, that you're your fitness face is very masculine energy. Mm -hmm. It's very aggressive. It's very, um, you know, it's, it's very high stimulation, high energy, but I've learned that that's how I am. Like that's really how I deliver my healing. And so when I finally kind of let go of the facade of having to be this really gentle, soft, um, quiet, beautiful lung hair instructor, which I love you. I love all you, you babes and healers that are like that. When I really let go of that image in my mind, I started moving so much more energy in my clients Mm -hmm. because I was like, holy shit, I'm being me. So back to the fitness analogy, you can tell when you're in a fitness, when you're in a class and the the instructor is just reading off of her paper that she wrote 10 minutes ago and the music doesn't even line up with the, with the move or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Right. Same in healing, same in teaching and leading deep containers where you want people to have massive transformation. If you can't speak the way that you speak, the way that you're supposed to speak, the way that your soul wants to speak, if you don't speak that way, you're not going to expand your clients as much as you should. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, again, we're the same person. I have very masculine energy as well. And so there, that was a piece that was hard for me in the mm-hmm. beginning where I was like, oh, but I need to be, I'm granted, I love wearing white all the time. So I, you know, totally. going to wear white, continue wearing white. But I was like, oh, I need to like make sure that I'm wearing my yoga clothes all the time yeah. and that I'm speaking very softly and like that I have like the, the meditation persona. Yeah. And, um, I remember I looked at a post that I posted last summer where it's like just me in this like awesome bikini. And I'm like, can I just be the Beyonce of breath work? I don't want to just like dilute (laughs) myself because that's not who I am. Like I am Scorpio sun, Mm -hmm. Aries rising, Leo moon. I've got a lot of power and a lot of like just energy and excitement. And that's what brings like the fun 
to the space. Yeah. Like, and I know that again, like you said, it's like, that's why people sign up for this program. Cause they're like, Ooh, like, well, they see cool. you expressing yourself the way you're expressing yourself. And they're like, Ooh, I, that's the type of healer I want to be. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's why I was drawn to you. Cause I feel like we connected before that as well, but we had similar energies, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. It obviously worked out, but, um, I think I was drawn to you cause you had an energy like me and that's very, that's, that's a good thing. Everyone like, we talk about owning your own energy and that's one, that's one aspect. But in this space, if you're drawn to someone in the way that they teach and the way that they hold themselves, that's also so beautiful, yeah. right? Follow that thread because they're, if they're going to empower you to be more yourself, that's who you want to work with. Mm-hmm. That's who you need to work with. Yeah. That's the clients. I want my clients to feel empowered by me. And, and you know, it's going to work out this way. It always does. My clients are so much like me. Mm-hmm. So much. We'll have sessions and I'm like, damn, I needed to hear that, yeah. you know, or whatever it is. And I'm like, it's so beautiful. And it's, it's just a testament to my authenticity. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think also like on the flip side of that, the energy that you carry also is going to attract the people that are like meant to be held in that energy mm-hmm. as well too. So like I noticed with a lot of my private clients, um, they're like deeply in their feminine and like mm-hmm. that's, th- that's their baseline. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I'm able to play in my feminine. I love doing that, but that's like something that I trained myself in doing. It's a lot easier for me to just be in my masculine. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because my baseline of being able to lead, being able to hold energy and hold space also attracts the more feminine that want to be led and want to be held and want to be supported and want to feel safe in my presence, you know? And so it's really cool when you start to play with all of this. And I think that, you know, going back to your example of like being in the fitness space, um, you know, in these trainings, they don't care about you sharing your authentic voice. They just want you to like, make sure that you got the moves down and that you're not going to break anyone's bones when you're inside the studio or like get a lawsuit against the studio. Like they want, like, I remember, and again, there's no, no shame on core power, but when my, um, when I was doing my teacher training at this mom and pop studio in San Diego, it was like, so it was so blissful. And I felt like throughout the entirety of the program, they were really encouraging us to, um, to find our voices and to like be in, um, a tabletop and like be in the pose and hold the pose for a minute and notice like what you're instructing yourself in your head to do versus saying like, this is the formula in which you're supposed to teach. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many trainings just want to throw a formula at you because it's easy, but it's also like super fucking lazy and it doesn't create great leaders. It doesn't create, create great teachers. And like, that is one of my roles here is Mm -hmm. to create leaders, to create teachers, to create people who are standing in the embodiment of their fullest expression. Because I know that the more of us that do that, the more permission we're writing to the collective as a whole to feel safe in doing that for themselves, whether that's more masculine, more feminine, more in the center, whatever it might be. Um, and I think that that was one of the big pieces of creating the Academy of Breath that I really wanted to include was how can we create leaders from this training that can lead themselves, lead others, and do so in their own authentic expression versus just me throwing a formula at them. Yeah, totally. No, that's so great. Um, It made me think of like 
you know, we have been created and raised as rule followers, like just from go to school, do this, do that, right? Show up to school at eight, don't ever ditch a class, whatever it is, right? Follow the rules. Um, And what I've learned a lot this past year when it comes to expressing myself in the most effective way as an entrepreneur, it's every time I feel like I'm not doing something quote unquote right. I, I have to, t- it, I've ingrained this in my brain to do so now. Luckily it took a lot of work, but to be like, what fucking rules am I following? Mm-hmm. Like whose rules Yeah. when it comes to marriage, when it comes to having babies, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to success, like what rules are we following? Yeah. So joining a training that yes, gives you the foundation, of course, right? Because you're not going to be confident without the foundation. You need it, but also encourages you to like make this what you feel like you want to make it as, right? Is so powerful. Otherwise I've done trainings too, where I just feel like I'm following a rule. And then if I don't study A through D or whatever, the right way. All I'm doing is studying and remembering. And that's not how my body ever, ever in life was able to express. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's like through experience is how we create the biggest imprints on our nervous system, Mm -hmm. on our like experience creates memory, experience creates emotion. And so like just memorizing something, sitting down and like being told exactly what to do is never going to hold as much of a neurological imprint or impact as truly being able to experience something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm working with a nervous system coach right now and I'm meeting with her one-on-one and something that she did in our very first session blew my mind. I was telling my best friend about it. Uh, My fiance was in the other room. I was like, no, like orgasmic. And he's like, what did you do on your session? So So we were, this is our first session. We're just chatting. She's taking me through some exercises and she's just asking me like, okay, so how does, you know, breathe like this. How does that feel in your body scale from one to 10? How do you feel? Um, do you feel stressed or do you feel regulated? Whatever we're going through it. Um, and then she's just kind of talking to me about the nervous system. We're about 25 minutes through our session. And she's like, so how do you feel with the information so far? Do you feel like you, you, do you feel nourished? Do you feel like you want more? Do you, and in my mind, you know, I've done so many trainings and I, I'm obsessed with learning. And in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not nervous. I want more. Like keep telling me more. I love everything. When I learn, I get excited. So I just kept getting more excited and wanting to learn. And the excitement that hormone release in my body gave me energy, but, Mm -hmm. but stay with me. That's not always a good thing is what I'm learning when it comes to your nervous system. Because if the knowledge that you're taking in gets to a point where it stops and you can't take any more in, right? You're overstimulated. It's not going to stick. Right. So she, I remember she taught me like one more thing, probably five, five minutes went on. She asked me again and I'm, and she's this sweet, sweet woman. She asked me again, very nicely, like, how do you feel? Do you feel nourished? Did you, did you want to keep going a little bit? And then in my mind, I'm like, is this a trick question? Like it's only been 30 minutes. Like I'm like, yes, keep going. You know? And she's like, okay, so I think we're gonna stop the session here. And I was, it was almost like you, you almost reach orgasm, but you don't, but she's like, because you 
I want you to integrate. Yeah. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to integrate. I want you to feel this in your body. I w- things will come up in an hour. Things will come up in a day. And I want you to feel like you can sit presently with that experience, that sensation rather, and let it roll up to your mind to connect rather than again, looking at a paper and being like, I got to know this, 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 yeah. and this. And I was just like, whoa, if my whole childhood, people ask me like, Hey, how's your mind doing? Are you nourished? I would have been such a better student, right? I wouldn't have fucking lost my mind in high school being like, I can't sit in here anymore, whatever it is. And so that really was an eye opener for me and my sessions with clients and my groups that I, that I teach because I was like, damn, you're right. Like it is very important to make sure that the body can catch up to the mind. Cause mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier, our mind can trick us into thinking we're okay when we're not okay. Yeah. Our mind can, you know, do so much to the right or to the left, but if our body can't catch up, right. And it, it, it might just take a breath as well. That's why mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's take a breath for a second. Yeah. Um, if, if our body doesn't catch up to the mind, then it's almost like a wash mm-hmm. I would feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to what we were talking about with like the different breathwork techniques, right? Like what are, is, are, is what you're doing overstimulating yeah. to the point where yeah. your nervous system is just like, Mm-mm, can't exactly. take it anymore mm-hmm. and is just going to like contract back in. And I think that what's been interesting for me is that when I first started practicing breath work for like the first like three years, it was like Kapalabhati every single day, mm-hmm. breath of fire. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the most arousing practice, but it is arousing. It takes effort. Yeah. Um, and I think just like the efforting itself oh, you creates know what's the funny? arousal. That's the practice my clients like the best. Yeah. And I, I already know they're gonna because I can feel the type of energy that they have. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it was like every single day doing Kapalabhati and over these past two months, my nervous system has just been like equal ratio breathing, Chandra Betty. That's it. Like that's all you're, that's all you're doing right now. This is like slow the fuck down. And it's been so interesting and like the way in which my practice has shifted and how also like the messages that have been coming through for me over these past few months, like you said, of like, I've actually been able to integrate them. Whereas before when it was Kapalabhati, which I love, and I just did my first practice in like two months today and it was beautiful, but I would receive so much like receive, receive, receive download after download after download. And I was going through a journal the other day and I was like reading all these things that I had written and I'm like, wow, this is all so good, but I didn't remember any of it Yeah, because I was overstimulated. And so it's so, I mean, that's again, one of the reasons why I love AOB is that you're learning nine different styles of breath work. So you have the ability to pick and choose what you need, what your body needs on a daily basis. And you can go from a stimulating practice to a nourishing practice to a practice that's going to like blast you open into the heavens to a practice that's going to like arouse your entire system to a practice that's going to open your intuition and activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. Like there are so many different practices that have so many different uses. And, um, I just think that personally, I think it's like the best training around, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but I just think that it's like a gift to have because you're not just learning one technique. You're learning so many different practices and we are dynamic by nature. We are humans. We are constantly changing, constantly needing different things, constantly taking in new information. And to think that you can just like slap one practice on 
and, and be done with it. Like you are going to have different needs. And what I want to do is provide you with the tools to be able to support those needs. Yeah. It's the waves and the stages of life as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're saying like now you've been a little more gentle with yourself. It's been so cool to watch clients that were suffering from depression or anxiety and I would, I would give them a more gentle practice, right? But it's been really cool now that they're feeling stronger in their mind and body. They're like, all right, let's do Kabbalah today or let's do Bastrika, right? Because as a facilitator, I'm gentle with my clients when they need to be loved, right? And when they need to be held. But when they're ready to be like, let's see how this stimulates my body. I'm there to hold space and be like, all right, let's go. Let's go to the fucking moon. I'm down for that too, right? (laughs) And now that they're overcoming a lot of these, um, these issues that they were suffering from, it's cool to see them and for them to hit me up and be like, today I did Kapalabhati before a workout and it felt really, really good. Or instead of a workout today, I did 20 minutes of Kapalabhati and that felt like what I needed yeah. from a hit workout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gave it to myself with breath. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. that's another thing I've been exploring is like, I, you know, teach movement as well. And the incorporation of breath, stillness through meditation and movement has been what my whole business has been um, since I took or went through the Academy of Breath and it's made everything so much more powerful and and not only just for my clients, but I've been so much more creative when it comes to like how I want to run my business and, and the programs and offerings I want to create because it's, it's just like this beautiful medicine, this beautiful little magic pill that I can be like, we're going to do Chandra Betty today and we're just going to like talk about our feelings and open up mm-hmm. and receive. And then yeah. another day I can be like, we're going to do this, you know, other practice and like, let's cry, you know, yeah. or whatever, <laughs> whatever happens. Um, it's, it's definitely just so fun to have the tools. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so everyone that's listening, Lexi is facilitating AOB with me this year and I'm so excited. She's going to be running our office hours. You've got a masterclass planned for the group, which is surprise, surprise for anybody that is a part of AOB already that's enrolled. Lexi's also going to be doing a bonus masterclass. We actually have two additional bonus masterclasses from past AOB alumni to really help showcase the different usages of breathwork and meditation besides just the waves that I have already included in the master classes that we have. But we do have, in addition to three guest teachers coming in, 10 hours of master classes, which is in addition to the six live trainings that you get access to, the two bonus business modules, which is another piece of AOB, um, really supporting you and being able to take everything that you learn and create like a successful, sustainable online wellness business from it, um, online or in person, because we cover both. And, um, what else, what else, what else? I mean, outside of like the actual, like nuts and bolts of the program, it is such an incredible experience to devote yourself to eight weeks of an experiment of how deep you can get within the journey of your own self and like connection to the universe or higher power or God, you know, whatever it is that you believe in. I think the way that I kind of tell people now is like, just experiment with like, what is it, what does it mean for you to go all in over these next eight weeks? What can happen from you going all in? And 
time and time again, people come out on the other side of the training saying that they are not the same person that they were when they first entered into the program. And I just think that it's so cool because that was how I felt finding mm-hmm. breathwork and meditation too. And, you know, sometimes I think that we can find these practices and get really excited about them and have all of this transformation ourselves. But then it's like, okay, and now I'm giving it to someone else. I hope that they experienced the same mm-hmm. things that I did totally, too. Totally. And so it's really cool to know that like, yes, other people are experiencing it as well too. (laughs) That's the best feeling when you're like, how did that feel? Or you come out of guiding someone through or guiding a group through and I'm like, you can come back to me and open your eyes. And I'm just like, how did that feel? You know? And then I, it's like crickets. And then I'm like, oh, you're on mute. (laughs) And then they tell me everything that, that they experienced. And I'm just like, cool. It's like the one thing that, not the one thing, but we all have bodies, we all have minds, we all have these beautiful souls that really want to express through us. It's cool to be in a program where, oh, we're all doing this practice this week, Brad, let's see how it feels in you and me. And it's like a good reminder that we're all connected, but it's also a really good reminder that we're all so different and we're all going to feel things so differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Ah, well, this has been so much fun. So fun. I'm so excited for everyone that's listening. If you have yet to enroll in the Academy of Breath, this is going to be our last round of 2021. We will be back in 2022, but if you want to get in on this round, the doors are already open for enrollment, so you can sign up. We start next week on July 28th, and the calls are weekly for the next, for the first six weeks, and then from there, um, every you get access to all of the pre-recorded material. Um, we have office hours bi-weekly. We have master classes bi-weekly from myself as well as um, the guest experts that are coming in. And it's going to be really fun. I think another cool piece of it is just like the community aspect. Like we started doing uh, quarterly alumni calls mm-hmm. after the um earlier round, like the winter 2021 round that we did in February. And it's just been so much fun because that's where like everyone from the past three, and now this is going to be the fourth round, um, come together to meet. And so it's really cool to like see the connections happening, um, in between groups and just to like, know that you have a space that you can come to even after the program ends, like the people inside of AOB mean the world to me. And so it's been a gift to be able to offer that extension of like life time access to my support, um, my guidance, and then also the Facebook yeah, community like and life, all the resources. I was going to say, it's like a lifetime community. If you have any question, right, just hop in and ask your question. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been really cool to see the connections that have been made too. And just like different mm-hmm. workshops, different collaborations. I've seen people do giveaways and partnerships. It's, it's really cool. So fun. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be a part of this. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right, you guys, we're going to link it in the show notes so you can check it out there. And if you have any questions, you can send us an email. Hi at avajohana.com. But I'm telling you, you don't want to miss an Ava and Lexi duo. We're pretty epic, as you can probably tell from this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on here with me.